I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And I thought our defense did a good job of creating pressure um, and, and making stops um, on short fields, uh, you know, there in the second half. And, you know, it's unfortunate there that last drive for them to, you know, go down field like that and get the touchdown. That's, that's not what our defense was the entire game. I thought they played really well. Uh, against a, a good offense, and so, um, but the, the physicality is just to like to what you said. We want to be a physical team as well, and you know the tape will show where that's at tomorrow. And now back to the post post game show with Anthony Heron and Olin Krutz on six seventy the score and Odyssey station. That was a voice of Bears coach Matt Nagy talking about the finish of the game, not being able to make the key plays late. Bears defense. Six sacks in all, several of them, by Robert Quinn, like we were just talking about towards the, the end of the first hour, the post-post show here. You see guys out there playing hard. And that, that's the balance, I think, as you know, a lot of frustrated fans leaving Soldier Field, like we were just hearing from a, a moment ago, where you know sometimes folks just kind of throw out the, the blanket statement of whether or not guys are playing hard or they're giving up and those types of things. That's I, I don't see that. I think you kind of rarely see it, but I do think, you know, for whatever reason, Matt Nagy is 0-4 coming off of bye weeks in, in the four years that he's been here in Chicago. He was talking about it during the bye week when the Chicago media was asking him about it. And, you know, Andy Reid, he's, he's been a successful coach coming off of bye. That's Matt Nagy's mentor. And he was saying, like, it, initially as a head coach, he was trying to sort of do things uh, during the bye, coming off the bye, exactly kind of how he learned from Andy Reid. He didn't get specific with it, but Matt Nagy kind of made it sound like maybe he tweaked a few things during the buy and coming off the buy here just to try to put a different little spin on it, see if they could have some more success. But when it comes down to it, you know, you don't have Khalil Mack, you don't have Akeem Hicks, you don't have Eddie Jackson, you don't have Allen Robinson on offense, and so it is it, it is certainly a depleted roster that the Bears throw out there while at the same time, Ravens a little depleted as well. They ain't got the former MVP in there, quarterback. He ain't got his big play receiver out there. They just released Le'Veon Bell from the backfield. So, I mean, you know, Ravens not exactly at full strength either. And they came to Soldier Field and got the dub. This post-post show, Olin Cruz and Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio. 670, the score, breaking things down, taking up the Bulls basketball. Here on the score at the end of this hour, New York Knicks are in Chicago. They will face the Chicago Bulls. Chuck Swirsky and Bill Weddington will be on the call for that. Then, of course, all day tomorrow because tomorrow is Monday, and we know that means it is Bears Monday here on the score, so there will be plenty to continue discussing with that. But, Olin, since the, the phone lines have been lit up, some folks have been on hold for a very long time. Let's get another caller in, and then we'll continue our discussion between uh, you and myself. Also, Barry is in Lake Forest, and Barry's been on hold for a minute. Want to give his thoughts on where things sit with the Bears, perhaps pose a question here. Barry, what's happening, man? You got Olin and Anthony. 
Hi, guys. Um, you know, they'll probably my question. All right. Unfortunately, Barry did not seem to have a quality connection there with his lines. We move on. But actually, there's a couple other calls been on hold for a minute. Matthew out in Oak Park. Who knows? Uh, might maybe out in uh, maybe maybe a Husky from OPRF. Matthew, what's happening? You got Olin and Anthony. Hi, guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking my call. Why? Um, oh, now I forgot. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm, not, I'm put on the spot. Was it about uh, okay. the early portion of the game? Yeah, why the Bears are so inept in the first quarter. And, uh, oh, I wanted to ask if Mr. Heron and Mr. Krutz, if you guys went one-on-one, who would win? <laughs> well, what? I mean, I like my chances in chess. I like my chances <laughs> in basketball. You know. uh, right now, we would both lose. <laughs> we have, have to get uh, some medical attention in yeah, here right yeah. now. Let's call the trainer in here. I do think uh, to the, the initial question about the Bears starting slow. The thing is, it'd be, there, there have been stretches during Matt Nagy's time here where the Bears have had stretches where, like back in the Mitch Trubisky days, where they started fast offensively. And then things would taper off throughout the game. And then he made some adjustments. Like, all right, let's script the plays coming out of the locker room in the second half also. And then for whatever reason, that season when they did that, then they began to start slow and then kind of pick up after halftime. So we had both ends of that. The consistent thing is that to the point you've, you've made a number of times, we do post-post, the totality of the game, it doesn't lead to points. That, mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing when it comes down to if you're getting yards, if the run game improves, this and that. There's still not points on the board. And it, every I, I shouldn't say every team, but the best teams in the league, they have touchdown makers. And that's the thing where it feels like there's a few guys with that potential. Like there, There's no reason to think Allen Robinson in a more refined passing attack wouldn't be a touchdown maker, if nothing else. like Even if he, he can't rip off what we saw from Darnell Mooney today, once you get near the red zone, mm-hmm. shouldn't be any reason where he can't be a DeAndre Hopkins type, you know, mm-hmm. some version of that. I think overall, David Montgomery feels like he's got touchdown maker potential for what he's grown into. We did finally see Darnell Mooney with the the run after catch that makes it look like there's touchdown maker potential there. But as far as just like guys running scot free and throwing them open, saw a moment like that late in the game today for you know for whatever reason there where Baltimore decided they were going to leave that one on one opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I, I think some of it we've talked coaches you know to to the cows come home there, but also just the from a player perspective, a lot of the best rosters do have those guys who are just have a knack for putting points on the board, man. That's what separates the 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 good players, the quality players from the truly great ones. Because when it comes down to it, you got to be able to sack the quarterback. Those dudes get paid. You got to be able to take it away. That's why Eddie Jackson got paid. Got to put points on the board. And the, the best in the business are the ones who put touchdowns up. The Bears have not been effective at that, even just the individual talent of finding those guys who are adept at putting points up. Yeah, and that's why it's so exciting when Mooney caught that ball, broke a couple tackles, and went right. 60 yards. It's like, man, I've been waiting to see that from an offensive player on the Bears. And like you said, Allen Robinson, at least from the 25-yard line in, just mm-hmm. give him a chance against whoever he's going against. Yeah. Um, find him a mismatch. Put him in a bunch. Put him in yeah, formation. formation. Something right. Formation him so they have to cover him with somebody they do not want to cover him with, right? Mm-hmm. And when Justin Fields looks out, there are, like you see from a lot of these good offenses, 
you you see all of a sudden you're like why is the why is that guy on Devonte Adams because mm-hmm. Lafleur formation did so he would be on him right, <laughs> right. so just looking for things like that there's Debo Samuel in motion like you think he's a receiver nope he's actually a running, running back, back all of a sudden yep. you think he's an ex nope here he comes in the slot or here's a screen to him or something mm-hmm. where here's our playmaker and we scheme an opportunity for him to be great. Sometimes it's going to be about scheme. Sometimes it's about a great player making a great play to put points on the board. We, we don't see the Bears consistently maximize that. Yeah, and then today I thought, okay, I finally see them using Khalil Herbert in that jet motion action, which yeah. I thought they should use him more because he is dynamic. You don't have a lot of guys. Why not use them? They used to recone like that. Why not give Herbert that role? I think they had a false start on that play. Uh, they backed him up. I think it was on Borum. And then they took it right out. So you never saw it again, right? And why aren't we getting the ball in an offense that lacks points? Why aren't we finding a way to get Khalil Herbert the ball? Why is he not catching more screens like we saw Mooney catch, right? Give give him a screen on the other side too. Give him a jet sweep. I'd love to go back through all the Bears. I think it's been nine games now and study how much times they actually gave it to the guy who's the jet sweep guy in motion, right? Because if you're going to fake it every once in a while, you got to give it. Mm-hmm. So the defense actually respects it, and they would respect Khalil Herbert. But just the, the Pittsburgh game that you and I haven't gotten to talk since then where, where you go wildcat and David Montgomery doesn't keep it. He hands it to Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. You get a playmaker in space, one of your fastest, maybe your fastest player. If not, certainly the guy in the open field who's been most effective for mm-hmm. you. You run your wildcat. Montgomery actually hands it to him after he's had a couple of wildcat carries. Donnell Mooney turns the corner, and it yeah, and it ends up looking like a creative play that was executed well, mm-hmm. and it puts points on the board, and it it felt weird, it felt odd right. to see the Bears' offense look like that, especially at that point in the game, in that moment where man, it's a good design, quality play call. We haven't seen it before, which means the opponent hadn't seen it before, and it worked. It was a novel concept. Yeah, and, and you go into like I like we talked about earlier. Okay, I go into my bye week, I got to get Khalil Herbert touches right. Just if I study my film. On my on our offense, mm-hmm. I gotta get this kid touches because he has looked so good when he's had the ball in his hands. Yeah. How many times did he carry the ball today? And when he did, they spread the formation right there into what they call doubles, where it's two guys on each side and they're gonna run outside. And I am sitting there, and, and we say watching the game. I said mm-hmm. they're not gonna hand this ball. <laughs> Right, they're not. This is not when they're going to give Herbert the ball. And sure enough, that's when they gave him the ball. Get him the ball, and, and it, you, you know, like we're all saying the same thing. It just comes down to when you have, when you have, when you struggle scoring points. What are you doing? Where, where's the creativity? Where are the trick plays? If, if I got to get points somewhere, okay, mm. we're not scoring. I got. You just lost to Huntley at Soldier Field, right? And, and when you go to games, Big Amp, when, like I, you study the NFL a lot, when you look at the game, the first thing you go when you say who's going to win and who's going to lose, who has the better quarterback? Mm-hmm. We had the better quarterback today. Right. And we still could not. Huntley led Ravens offense with Ronnie Stanley out, with Ben Cleveland out, with Marquise Brown out, outscored us 16-13 to 13 today. That That is... That's hard to swallow as a Bears fan. Kevin Fishbane ended up tweeting earlier, and it stood out to me. It's the fourth time in the past five seasons the Bears are coming off a bye and facing a backup quarterback. In 2017, lost to Brett Hundley, a former UCLA quarterback, when he was a backup QB for the Packers. In 2017, they lost to him 23-16. to 
lost in overtime in 2018 to Brock Osweiler and the Miami Dolphins, 31-28. to And they lost to Teddy Bridgewater a couple of seasons ago. He was the backup for the Saints. They lost to the Saints 36-25. to And now, of course, today they lost to Tyler Huntley and the Baltimore Ravens 16-13. to So, for whatever reason, it's certainly not a, not a stat that's favorable for the mm-hmm. Bears. There's been a frequency of losing to backup QBs off of bye weeks four times now in the past five seasons. That is not how you want to draw these things up when it comes down to it. I do think that, that from the – from the Bears' perspective and taking the field and certainly feeling like the advantage at quarterback should be theirs. I'm wondering, as we were discussing early in the show, about the things that Justin Fields has been most effective at, where he's maybe lacked, and now assuming that you know the ribs aren't going to be 100% between now and Thanksgiving, called QB runs, called movement of the pocket where you know he's in space. There's certainly an opportunity for him to take some punishment, to take some hits. Wondering how much of that should factor into the decision about whether or not he's going to play. I mean, you know, you've played through a million injuries. You know, all of us who've played the game have had to try to play through injuries at different points. And, you know, quarterbacks have that rib protection that's there, that's available to them, that they all wear at this point. Certainly got a few pharmaceutical things that guys would normally use in situations like this also. But let's take a time out, come back. I'm curious for your thoughts on Justin Fields and, and his health and whether or not if, he, if he's not himself – if they feel like the game plan will need to be adjusted? Should it be a different game plan than what has suited them best if Justin Fields feels like he wants to play on Thanksgiving but isn't his normal self? We'll get to some more callers as well, 312-644-6767. Olin Crutes on Twitter, at Olin underscore Crutes. I am Anthony Heron at Big Ant Heron. This is the Post Post Show on the score. I, I just I just understand in the end that we're all – we all – care a lot you know and we're, we're all you know in this thing and uh yeah of course we want to do everything we can to win you know so that's our job to do that and uh i i think that everyone is competitive and wants wants uh to see the bears win and that's exactly what we want matt Nagy talking about the reaction to just fans i mean there were some boo birds out there at soldier field not too surprising we're at the point now in the matt Nagy tenure where it does feel like every single loss is is sort of a, an enhanced referendum on whether or not he should continue as the Bears coach. Every decision that goes awry. Like I, I try to, and I, I know you do as well, oh, where you try to view it through an analytical lens of what was what was the thought leading into decisions that get made in the game. And if it felt like the the intention of the plan made sense, then give him credit for making sense. But then the, the result of it won't always work out. But it seems like these same mistakes come up over and over again. Like we were talking about the, you know, third medium crack toss to the boundary or some of the old play calls that, that go out uh, that aren't in the playbook anymore for with good reason. Or talking about some of the infractions of some of the players, like disciplinary issues that have come up a lot over the years. The mismanagement of timeouts and those running out before you get to the latter stages of a very tight game these are things that have come up very frequently with Matt Nagy that are worthy of perusal. The Bears fans are very aware of the frustrations of having a home game where you're just not putting up points offensively and the fans know the opponent doesn't have Lamar Jackson and you're able to control their offense. And so, yeah, there were, there were some boos out there at Soldier Field. And he was asked about that by the media. So we heard from Bears coach Matt Nagy. And it leads me to a, a thought that I had. I was talking about it a little bit. On a, over on Fox 32 on Bears post game live, and I wonder if it came up f- for you guys on the on the football after show on NBC Sports Chicago because this loss, while you know the Green Bay loss, I mean, kind of 
you know, you're facing the MVP, you're facing the best team in the division. All right, you had a chance late offense had a had a nice score, a, you know, had the bogus call on Mustafer and everything else. They responded anyway, put a touchdown on the board. You don't close the door on Green Bay. So, okay, I suppose kind of frustrating, but at the same time, it's like, all right, some plays got made. That was kind of the initial inkling of there was Justin Fields in the offense responding in a late-game moment, at least making something happen when the offense had been kind of dormant. Then you also get the, the following games where right, Tampa Bay, part of that was just frustrating in, in general. But then you get to the San Francisco game. It's one you could have had, probably should have had, and didn't get. It's disappointing. Pittsburgh, Monday night. Man, you get the get the lead late. But then I think the jubilation over Justin Fields having his best game on Monday night football, I think that even drowned out to a certain extent the disappointment of a road game in a hostile atmosphere that you could have and should have won. Today feels to me like the most disheartening of the losses the Bears have suffered here as of late for multiple reasons. One, personnel-wise, we kind of talked about that but you still are in a game, you have an opportunity to win it, and then the defense, again, doesn't close the door after the offense had been sputtering throughout and then still had this sort of miraculous play late to put a touchdown on the board and take a lead. And so to me, if I'm in that Bears locker room, if I'm a player after that one, that today is the one that cuts me deepest because now you're at 3-7. and seven. It, it's, it's hard to anticipate going on a run of, what, seven wins in a row to put you at a point where you might comfortably – make the playoffs, and that's everybody's goal over there is to, is to make a playoff run. So this game feels more disheartening, more dejecting to me than some of these other disappointing losses lately. Do, do you see it like that? Yeah, I, I do, just because they, they everybody was so excited when they scored that, when Marquise Goodwin catches that touchdown pass. Uh, they show Mrs. McCaskey in the box. I'm sure you guys saw that. It felt good to see her smile, be excited about it. And all of a sudden, there's just these breakdowns again yeah. on a defense that played well throughout the day. And, and really, I mean, give 16 points, but you give up that last touchdown um, through mental mistakes. You, your mental mistakes will always beat you in this league, like you said, Big Amp. And, and when you're watching this, and, and of course, Lamar Jackson is out. It's almost like your gift wrap, <laughs> a win after the bye, right? It's like, uh, okay, Lamar Jackson's out. This Ravens offense, we just saw them against the Miami Dolphins, uh, uh, you know, they're reeling a little bit. So right. here's our chance. Here's our chance. If we can get anywhere between 20 points a game, 20 points today, we're going to walk out of it to win. It seems like we would anyway with 13, which would have been crazy, but uh, we, we would have walked away with it. But when you look at when you looked at this run, the Bears are going to go on with their schedule is going to be tough anyway, right? Um, if they don't beat the Lions coming up here on Thursday, man, I mean, Cardinals, Packers, the Vikings just beat the Packers at the Packers. It's it's just the Seahawks at the Seahawks. Right. Like you said, to go on this run that they're going to need to make the playoffs to finish this year with even a 500 record, it's going to be a reach for these Bears. And now Justin Fields, if he is injured, if, you know, like we talked about Justin Fields, we saw him in that Clemson game. We've seen him take hits. We've seen him come back. If he sits out the half, he's got something, right? right. He's got. It seems right. like to me. I, I don't yeah. want to play, but I, all I'm saying is, if he is out, man, and, and then you know, Allen Robinson is out, Akeem Hicks is out, Cleo Max on IR. Mm. Your top three guys on the salary cap list yeah. are out. Yeah. Every team's gonna struggle, right? Um, 
it's just kind of you're watching these games, and it's like even today it was like, man, what is this, like the third preseason game of the year, right? That's who you're watching <laughs> out there, right? So many injuries on both sides of the ball. Uh, uh, it's just the third preseason. It's, it's kind of what what are we – As you're always looking for hope in a franchise. What are we developing here? What are we working on? It's good to see Mooney out there. Mm. Flying Roquan Smith getting 17 tackles. Those are the things you're looking for, yeah. right? These young yeah. guys. Who's going to be our leaders next year? Will Khalil Mack be here? Will Robert Quinn be here? Will Keem Hicks be here? The team that we've got to know so well, uh, they it, it, is, it could be totally different next year. So who are the young guys coming up? And that kind of all starts with the quarterback. Starts with Justin Fields. All right. 312-644-6767. I want to talk to, uh, to you, O, get your thoughts on specifically whether or not the game plan, if, if Justin Fields is banged up then, and as much as they are, the QB run has certainly helped the offense, the movement of the pocket where he does have some run pass option in those moments. If he's not himself fully, if he's got this rib issue, then does that should that factor into whether or not he plays with what the game plan needs to be? But then also, because you're referencing some of the youth here, and there is excitement that makes sense for Tevin Jenkins now being back on the practice field, and you've got an all-time great at left tackling Jason Peters. And yes, he all right, he kind of gave up a sack where Justin Fields ends up fumbling the ball. You know, you look a couple snaps in the game. Uh, you know, nobody's going to be perfect all the plays, but just Jason Peters has played quality football at left tackle. The balance of Tevin Jenkins when he should get back out there. So those are the things I want to make sure that you and I discuss before we get off the air here. But let's sneak up another caller in. Is G out in Beverly has been on hold for quite some time. Here, let's make sure we get G. In here as well. Gee, what's happening? You got Olin and Anthony. Hi guys, how you doing? Good. Uh, okay, um, I'm I'm a forward thinking fan, hmm. so you have to forgive me if I I peek ahead. Okay. But can we agree or semi agree that Nagy is dead man walking? First <laughs> off, uh, you never know what the McCaskies are going to do, man. Because a lot of folks thought that was the case after last season. See that that right there already uh, disturbs me. Mm. <laughs> and my second point is, I'm looking ahead because I'm looking at our our injured list. Owen, we got about eighty million dollars sitting on the sidelines, man. <laughs> yeah, we 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 got to move ahead from some of these guys. And I would hate to think, although I love Robinson, I would hate to see us pay him. Twenty-five million, and you know he he doesn't play a full season. Same thing with Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks hasn't played a full season in at least about three years. So me looking forward, I I just think that we we gotta you know we gotta set things up so Fields can succeed, and we gotta get some better people for the side to have a decent defense. Because why we never give Vildor any help? It, it just it just it just blows my mind. I mean, because the guy he seems to always take the wrong man in those crossing situations. Yeah, Kendall Vildor has been on the island quite a bit this season, and and teams have attacked him a good bit. You don't see Jalen Johnson getting a whole lot of action, and if I was the opposing offensive coordinator, I wouldn't be giving him a whole lot of action either until. Kendall Vildor and, and the Bears defense at large kind of shows me that you're going to find a way for me not to pick on Kendall Vildor. And, you know, he, he's in a tough spot. But when it comes down to it, the reason he's in a tough spot is because he's not as good as Jalen Johnson. Mm-hmm. And there, there, there's a big separation from one corner to the opposing corner, and that's the position the Bears have put themselves in by not finding a way to keep Kyle Fuller 
uh, on the roster and on the football field. And so that that's where they're at. But uh, I think uh, as far as, you know, Matt Nagy's job security, it is the topic du jour and has been for weeks mm-hmm. on end. Bears have never fired a coach during the season. Whether or not he'll continue on after that point, though, I think that's probably where uh, – you know, where, where the discussion feels a little more legit. But I don't think they're going to move on from Nagy during the season. They've never done it before. No, they have never done it before. We'll see what happens there. Look, they haven't won a playoff game uh, since my last game, my last year at the Chicago Bears, and that's too long, right? It's, I think it's 2010, 2011. Um, so they all, all, the reason why I bring that up is the same guys are doing the hiring every year, and there's been no playoff wins at all, right? Mm-hmm. So – they got to take a look at their whole structure up there eventually. If you're going to keep hiring people with the same people, eventually it falls in your lap. Mm-hmm. You're the ones doing the hiring. You're the ones hiring, bringing these guys in to run the football side of the building. You have to take a look at the way you do things. And you have to take some of the blame for where this organization has ended up over the last 10, 11 years. Uh, they haven't won a lot of playoff games at all in the last 15 years. So we can blame Nagy. We can blame Pace. We can say what they're doing, fire them, get rid of them. Well, if, if we're just going to keep doing the whole John Fox, Mark <laughs> Tressman thing, well, what, what are we really accomplishing here, right? Uh, so, eventually, Chicago Bears, when we talk about them moving on from their coach and their GM and whether they should or shouldn't, uh, they have to take a look at the way they do business as a whole as far as it comes to hiring football people to run the football side of their building because uh, with the success they've had over the last 10 to 15 years, the city definitely deserves better than that. Uh, Coach Nagy's job is obviously on the line uh, here again on a five-game losing streak now last year with a six, year before with a four. That's hard to get through yeah. all the time, right? Uh, Kendall Vildor today, even with help over the top, he had a pass interference call, right? He had help. Uh, the safety was right there. He panicked and grabbed the wide receiver there on the last drive. Um, whether it be him. After whether doing it multiple times earlier in the yeah. game as well. Yeah. Whether it be him, whether it be Duke Shelley, whether it be Taze Tabor, they're going after the nickelback and the left cornerback. And, and obviously, Sean Desai sometimes has to give those guys help. But other times, you you have to make plays one-on-one. That's the NFL. Right. Uh, but, you know, I, I'd like to not see him one-on-one with Chase Claypool <laughs> against the Steelers on the first third down for a 26-yard <laughs> game. But uh, that's a whole nother argument. Obviously, there's just been – when you're on a five-game losing streak, Big Ant, uh, we can point out a ton of plays. You can point out a ton of plays of, of why this year hasn't worked. The guy brought up health. 2018, they're one of the healthiest teams in the league, right? And right. they had a, you know, a great run of health and takeaways, and that'll equal a lot of wins. And to me, that goes back to the bigger point of who is up there saying, okay, if I take away, if I give us the normal amount of injuries to a team, if I give us half the takeaways, which is kind of normal, right. they had 36, I think, that year, 38, um, what kind of team would we be? Would we be? Uh, what were they? Twelve and four, thirteen and three that year. Twelve and four. Would we be a twelve and four team? See, no one. I don't think anybody thought about that, and they kept everybody, and it felt real good about the direction they were heading in. And then they had to get rid of Mitch Trubisky. So there's a lot, a lot to think about here. Um, obviously, when you just look at this game, uh, this team's identity is they can't score points, and a defense gives up leads late. And that's not a good identity to have. Ah, man, that is not how you win games anywhere, let alone in the National Football League. Well, we got a few minutes left. Curious for now that Tevin Jenkins, second-round pick, college right tackle, proposed NFL left tackle, now that he is at least practicing again. And the point I I was reminding folks, because, of course, everybody, as soon as they heard Tevin Jenkins practice, like, all right, how how soon can we get the young guy on the field to figure out whether or not he can play? Like, 
it'd be nice to let him actually hit somebody in, in an NFL practice before you just throw him into a regular season game trying to protect Justin Fields' backside. Um, but now he's he's had a week of practice, and my impression is that since they started his clock before they needed to, then they must feel like he's healthy, and now he's on the field. And you know how it gets where we're, we're into late November at this point, so there's only so much physicality that's going to be out there in any NFL practice, let alone in a Matt Nagy uh, NFL practice. Mm-hmm. So them trying to evaluate his health, them trying to value and prepare him to actually play in a regular season NFL game, they they have that three-week window to get him kind of up to snuff for that. So at some point, you would imagine that means they're at least going to start trying to dress him, maybe as the backup, maybe they try to get him actual some reps at, at some point here. What What do you think will make sense for the – the progression of Tevin Jenkins. So he's got an opportunity to be evaluated this season. Yeah, so I've been asked this a few times, and I, and I always get the same answer. First of all, I hope they have some kind of assessment on him before he got injured. Because how do you know, like you just said, there is not a lot of hitting in the NFL practice anymore. How do you know what percentage he is at if you don't know where he came from before the back injury? By and he hasn't been I mean, in full pads since college. Like he, since was, college. he was injured the entire training camp, so he has not been in full pads up to that point. So you see there's like a dark spot, right? Like they don't know, really know. So do you know what he squatted before mm-hmm. he got injured? Do you know what he benched? Do you know what he, maybe his box jump or – they know what his vertical was because he did a vertical at the combine. Mm-hmm. So I test his vertical. First of all, just to see if that's the only number I got, that's what I test. And if he's not any 85 to 90%, he's not 85 to 90% of what he was, right? Mm-hmm. So if his vertical came down, his explosive strength is down, his leg strength is down, immediately I know, okay, he's not he's not where he needs to be. Because yeah. I can't get him a full speed rep in practice right mm-hmm. now. I cannot. So I have to look at other Not ways. where he needs to be, meaning he's not himself. Because right. if he jumped to 28 before and he's jumping to 27, now he's at least close, close. to himself. Yes. And Doesn't I, mean he's got to jump at 35, nope. but he's nope. not himself. Was he... If he was 28, big man, I get him within 90%, 85 to 90% of that, I'm good. Uh, right? He's got his leg strength. I wish I knew what his squat was because then I can relate to him absorbing force. Can he absorb force, which is important when you have a back injury. So when he takes a, if he takes four or 500 pounds into a hole and that was his max before, okay, I can put him on the field. Then. And then once I do, I stick him at left tackle. I don't care what anybody says. I stick him there because that's what I drafted him for. Mm. I stick him there to find out at 90% can he play his position, and I give him a notebook, the biggest notebook I can find, and I tell him I want this filled up from questions you ask Jason Peters. Mm. I want you to ask Jason Peters how to play this position, and I don't want Tevin Jenkins to leave. I don't want Jason Peters to leave the building without him helping Tevin Jenkins out to play left tackle because he's a walking manual. It definitely seems like Jason Peters has been willing to fill that role. He's been one of those guys who Matt Nagy's talked about it. Peters himself has talked about it. The other young offensive linemen have talked about what an encyclopedia he's been and willing to share what's made him successful at this level. You hope his success throughout his career, whether you're talking Super Bowl rings and potential Hall of Fame careers, you hope it rubs off on a whole lot of folks over at Hallis Hall. We will continue to break it down for you on the score. Bears Monday. Coming up tomorrow, Olin will be on in the morning with Mully and Hall. I will be on in the afternoon with Lawrence Holmes. And all the other shows will have their experts talking ball and breaking it down. So we'll look forward to you tuning in for that. Thank you for tuning in to the Post Post Show. For Olin Crutes, for Brandon Fryer on the ones and twos, I am Anthony here. And thanks for everyone who called, who listened, who took this in. Bulls basketball coming up next here. One of the top and most exciting teams in the NBA. You hear Chuck Swirsky and Bill Wennington on the call. Appreciations and salutations. Post Post Show on the score.
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.